InvestTalk listeners ask Steve and Justin what they use for their winning investment research. And the answer is YCharts, quality data with easy-to-use tools. Start your free trial now at YCharts.com. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and thank you for joining us today on Invest Talk. It is Monday, October 29th, and the market again today demonstrated just how volatile October can be and the volatile times that we are in. Fang stocks were up early in trading, uh, and the market in general was up early, but we had a pretty large sell off. Uh, later in the day, a little bit of bounce right near the end, but overall it was a very bloody day on Wall Street, especially when it came to tech stocks and growth stocks, which uh, have been underperforming and we've been talking about that for a while. Now Facebook will report earnings tomorrow and that's going to be very interesting to see how they react, uh, especially after the last earnings report where I think what they fell 20% uh, uh, after that report, so it'll be Interesting to see how it rebounds, uh, if it rebounds, or maybe it's another 20% down day and uh, and a continuation of the tech stocks really falling out of bed from Google to Amazon and, and Facebook and the like. So employment numbers will be revealed on Friday as well and just before the midterm election. Will a split government send the market higher or lower? may depend on whether President Trump's economic agenda is permitted to continue. Now, I'm Justin Klein, and I welcome you to Invest Talk, the weekday financial program that has one clear objective, helping you grow and protect your investments. Now, of course, we welcome your phone calls and questions right now at 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. You can call that number live 4 to 5 Pacific time each and every weekday, or you can call after hours, leave a message, and we will answer it on the next show. So that's how you get involved in the show each and every day. Now, you probably saw the software news today. IBM made a $34 billion acquisition for Red Hat, one of the largest acquisitions uh, in corporate history, really, uh, and definitely the largest one that IBM has ever made. And we'll be talking about that one in a few minutes. I do want to remind you, however, of our next wealth webinar that will be presented live tomorrow night. Yes, tomorrow night, a little over 24 hours away. It's going to be from 6.30 p.m. Pacific time to roughly 7.30 Pacific time. Okay. And the webinar is free, but you do need to register so that we can send you the special access link. So to register, just go to investtalk.com, hover over the Invest Talk link, and scroll down to click on webinar. Uh, it's also on the main Invest Talk page as well. But before I talk about IBM and Red Hat, let's make time for a caller question. Your calls drive this show. Your topics drive this show. And the number, as always, is 888 chart Hi, Stephen Justin. This is Rick from Portland, Oregon. I'm a really big fan of your show listen every day to the podcast. My question was, you guys have been talking about October, actually September being the worst month of the year. 
should I have pulled everything out of the stock market before these months hit and just that the cash while the market, you know, went through its correction? Because right now my whole portfolio is down almost close to about 10%. Anyways, look forward to hearing your answer um, on the show. Thank you. Bye. Well, just because October in and of itself tends to be a market where there's a, uh, or a month where there's a lot of volatility doesn't mean that you just take your money out every October, right? There's plenty of Octobers in the past where the market's done perfectly fine and sometimes very, very well. So it's not like, oh, every October you just take your money out. Now, part of the volatility has to do with uh, blackout periods of earnings and the fact that uh, the lowest amount of corporate buybacks pretty much happen uh, in, in October or don't happen in, in October. So that's part of it. Uh, uh, so there's a lot of factors, seasonality, cyclicality uh, that goes into uh, the, the volatility in October. This just happens to be a time where multiple things are happening. You have the Fed tightening and central banks tightening liquidity globally. You have China who's trying to rebalance their economy and they're having major trouble uh, with uh, reforming the ills of uh, what they have built over the last uh, decade or so with poor lending and and lack of oversight in many uh, industries in their economy, especially non-bank the non-bank sector. So they're having problems uh, along with the trade war uh, with Trump. So there's just a confluence of factors that go into why the market was down or has been so volatile uh, this month of October. Now, does that mean you should have sold out? Well, in hindsight, yeah, of course, 2020, is, uh, you just sell out, right? Um, but that's uh, that's not always, like I said, the case that every October is going to be a down uh, month. And you have to look at what your... Uh, what your your goals are? What's your what's your time horizon? Are you a long-term investor? Are these holdings uh, something that you are just a buy and holder and going to hold for ten plus years? Are you invested in uh, uh, index funds? And your strategy is just to buy index funds and hold them for the long term. Even though I would say we're in an index bubble right now, where everybody and their mother is indexing, and I think that has dangerous dangerous ramifications. Um, but uh, that just means problems in the in the short to medium term uh, may not mean problems in the long term right but do you have the ability to hold through the the downturn through this bear coming bear market which I do think we are entering a bear market doesn't mean that we won't have rallies because uh, some of the best rallies in history are during bear markets uh, so your question comes with a lot of caveats a lot of factors that you need to consider well, whether you uh, should buy, sell, hold, whatever you're going to do, right? Uh, the, the main thing I, I say is you have to look at the risk in your portfolio, right size the risk, understand the stocks or the sectors that you're holding that might be overvalued and uh, maybe too very cyclical in nature and you need to uh, reduce your risk and, and you probably obviously should have reduced your risk a little bit more earlier in the month. But I think the market still has more downside and it's not too late, especially in up days, to trim some of your maybe more cyclical or aggressive positions and rebalance either to cash or uh, safety of uh, some type of uh, uh, bonds or, or maybe just a sector of the market that tends to be non-cyclical. So that's a long answer and I hope it helped you kind of frame your decision. Uh, but I can't, without more information, give you exact advice. But I hope that helped. Now, there's lots of websites and press reports and TV finance programs that carry 
carried the big story today, and we found this information at thestreet.com. And it was an article on IBM, and IBM slides to a two-year low after buying a Red Hat for $34 billion. And Moody's, based on that acquisition, warned that their rating could be downgraded because obviously IBM is not without its debt. Let me go quickly to IBM's figures on, on Y-chart so I have a little more context to this. But IBM, International Business Machine, shares slumped to the lowest level in nearly three years. And what they're trying to do, what IBM is trying to do is to transition their business into the cloud. And they've been trying to do that for a while, but they're really trying to jumpstart it, right? Jumpstart this transition. And they think it's a game changer. And they said it will be financed with a combination of cash and debt. Now, they already, based on their uh, their enterprise value and market cap, they have a net uh, close to 30, what was that? $40 billion in debt, call it $38 billion in debt on a $108 billion market cap. So not highly leveraged, I would say, but with an overall business that is struggling and decent amount of debt, and now we're adding $34 billion of some, some of that's going to be debt, I'm sure a lot of it is, you're suddenly leveraging up your balance sheet at least IBM is, to buy Red Hat and spark their move or uh, transition, let's say that, into the cloud. And IBM has a hybrid cloud division and that will be now be run by Red Hat's current chief CEO. And Clearly, Red Hat has done a lot more to get into the cloud space when it comes to cybersecurity and cloud-based platforms than IBM has been able to do. And they think, IBM thinks it's a fair price for Red Hat, uh, and I believe it was a, about a 30% premium to where Red Hat was uh, trading on Friday. And... Red Hat itself has been down, actually. So this price isn't much higher than its all-time highs uh, just a few months back. Red Hat had a week sales uh, back in the end of August. It's quarter at the end of August. So they've been kind of struggling themselves in their own way. But they have a foothold into the cloud that IBM clearly doesn't have and that they want. Uh, and I could see this is industry consolidation and what happens when old companies are lagging behind the new innovative ones some of the best one of the best ways to do it is to just acquire the new ones uh, and I actually think long term this is probably a good move for IBM but it's also a high risk move but I don't think I think this is a move that needed to be made okay so just to understand that this is something that you often see often should expect when legacy businesses like IBM are disrupted by new age businesses like Red Hat and a merger of them often can be good for that legacy business and transform the business overall. Now how is your portfolio doing? If you'd like a free cons consultation with me or Steve, you can do that at our KPP office in Dana Points or get through to us on investtalk.com and we can do it over the web. I'm Justin Klein. There are a lot of 
going-ons in the market today and coming days for our loyal Invest Talk listeners. Our next Wealth Webinar once again is tomorrow night at 6.30 p.m. Pacific time. It's exciting news. As well as the new Invest Talk Academy that starts Thursday, November 1st. But now, I'm ready to take your questions at 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk. Please make sure you subscribe to the Invest Talk podcast at iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play, then listen, rate, and review. And by the way, Steve Peasley will be returning to San Jose on November 7th. Register now at investtalk.com. Okay, you've got finance and investment questions, and you can get unbiased answers. Call now, 888-99-CHART. Let's go to Ed in San Bruno. He wants to talk about DXC Technology Company. Yeah, hi. Hello. How are you doing, Ed? Uh, yeah, what can you tell me about DXC or what do you want to know about it? Let's say that. Okay, I, I sold it around 90 I, I, and now it's dropped down to about 70 And I don't think the earnings have come out. I know they fired somebody or... Let, let them go. Uh, can you tell me anything about it? I wanted to get back in, possibly. Maybe not. Sure. Uh, this is DXC Technology Company. They provide information technology, consulting, outsourcing, and support services. And they are located uh, here in California, at least their headquarters are. I'm not sure exactly where. But this is a relatively recent IPO, uh, middle of last year. And at that time, they were growing dramatically. Revenues in June, uh, second quarter of 2017, were up 171%, and earnings were up 920% year over year. And that growth uh, stayed pretty strong for about a year, for four quarters after that. Except for last quarter, the, se the, the second quarter of this year, Revenues were only up 1% year-over-year. Earnings were up 57% year-over-year. So a drastic slowdown in growth. And this is a $19 billion company even after this recent drop of about 28% from its 52-week high. So it's a very expensive name or high. Uh, it's, it's worth a lot of money. Uh, but that growth is slowing. And when growth slows like that, the market reprices it. Uh, and it's an IPO. So I think there was a lot of probably financial shenanigans with the balance sheet and earnings numbers that went into those drastic growth numbers. I would stay completely away from this name. Do not buy back into it, at least in the near term. Thanks for the call. Give us a call at 888-99-CHART. Get ready for the next Invest Talk online educational event. It's a live wealth webinar, and it's happening tomorrow night, Tuesday, 6.30 p.m. Pacific Time. Invest Talk webinars cover various topics from economics to stock picking, and you're invited to join the online experience, but you must pre register at investtalk.com. It's easy. Just roll over the Invest Talk menu link and then click on Webinar. You're listening to Invest Talk. Have you got a question for Justin? He's here and he's taking your questions live. 888-99 chart. Now, 
Now today's main talking point is about value and small cap stocks. And they've actually lagged the overall market over the past 10 years or so. But the question is, how does that compare to the longer term norm? And I said, I know 10 years sounds like long term, uh, but this is just a cycle, the up cycle, right? Uh, and there's multiple uh, economic cycles that you can go back more, many, many decades and different market cycles as well. So we're going to talk about what history tells us about value and small cap stocks. I also want to shed some light on the cannabis stocks. Cannabis stocks. There was a move to delist one of the recent cannabis stock movers, let's say that, and I want to talk about why this is important to understand, and we'll give you some good context about where we are in today's market. Also, are you having trouble saving? Or maybe people you know are having trouble saving? Well, there's something to do with the human brain that affects our ability our willingness to save, and we're going to talk a little bit about that as well. And then, how do you reduce risk, especially in this market? And this is going to be one of our topics we cover over many weeks uh, for Invest Talk Academy. And it's about how to reduce your risk with a multi-asset investment strategy. So uh, I'm going to touch on that briefly, but obviously uh, it's a more in-depth thing that we're going to cover over time. Uh, in Invest Talk Academy. So those are what is on my mind, but ultimately I want to hear from you. How are you adjusting to this changing environment? Is your tech stock focused portfolio getting killed? Are you fearful yet? Are you understanding how to deal with a volatile market? Does this feel different to you? Because it should. This is what normal markets are about. Many people have been conditioned to buy the dip, right? Any pullback you buy because the market's going higher. Well, we're in a new regime, a new volatility regime, a new market regime, a new, cycl a new cyclical regime. And we have the NASDAQ down at 3% at one point today, closed only down about 1.6%, Dow down about 1%, S&P down 0.66%, Russell down a little over 1%. Markets were up early in the morning, sold off hard into the late afternoon and had a little bit of a rally the last 20 or 30 minutes or so. And this is the market that we're in. We are entering a bear market. Doesn't mean there won't be rallies. Doesn't mean this can't be the low for the next few weeks or even maybe a couple months. But that's the market we're in, and you need to start getting used to that and understand that your story stocks, your stocks that, oh, they're going to innovate and change the world and disrupt the world. Well, if they don't have cash flows or they're just drastically overvalued, it doesn't matter. Because the market's starting to revalue everything. And suddenly, earnings, cash flows, good balance sheets, 
are suddenly mattering again. And that's a normal market. Let's go to Bobby in Atlanta. He wants to look at P-O-M. No, it's P-O-L. It's P. Larry. L is Larry. Last word. Got it. Polyone? Poly one. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Yeah. A poly one. There we go. Okay. Yeah, what do you want? Are you want to look at buy it or sell it or what? Buy it. It's dropped quite a bit. The earnings are good year over year. The revenues have kept going up. Okay. Well, he's looking at Poly One. They manufacture polymer formulates, color, and additive systems and other products for the plastics industry. So they uh, make the raw materials for plastics, right? Uh, they're in the chemical space. And the re few reasons it's down. It's down about 34% from its all-time high. Well, revenue and earnings are slowing. Uh, for the past year or so, revenues are growing 10 to 15%. Earnings were growing uh, last two quarters before this uh, in the mid-teens. Well, last quarter, revenues were up 8%. Earnings were only up 7 So growth is slowing. The economy is slowing. And... Backwards looking, this looks relatively cheap, but I think forward looking, it's not cheap enough yet. And they have a lot of debt, debt to equity of 213%. Return to equity is nice, 27%, but if I dig a little deeper, uh, which might take me a minute, uh, that is likely uh, because they have a lot of leverage on their balance sheet. Okay, And in a time when balance sheets are suddenly becoming more important, I would not be putting myself in a name like this, a cyclical name, I would be laying off this, especially in this market environment. So no on P-O-L. Thanks, Bobby. I'm Justin Klein, and I'm ready to take your questions now at 888-99-CHART. To win, all effective investors use a process, and listeners call Talk every day asking to share our winning process. And they too can win using the right analytical tools. Just what do we use as our everyday go-to research tool? YCharts. It's a cloud-based financial research platform. It is indispensable. YCharts has the powerful tools of a terminal combined with the ease of use of a modern website. We use YCharts every day. YCharts is easy to navigate, visually awesome, and informative. YCharts has filters driven by thousands of metrics, Excel integration, and data visualization to create charts that compare stocks, funds, indices, and more. If you're a serious investor, you'll understand that the precision functionality in YCharts is not free. But YChart has more horsepower and by far better data and filters compared to a giveaway tools from Yahoo or Google. YCharts is a fraction of the cost of something like Bloomberg Terminal. And now our listeners can try YCharts for free. You just heard Steve and Justin endorse YCharts. It's the lightning-fast research, data filter, and charting tool they use every day for their investment portfolios. Think about it. Steve is right. Free software cannot come close to the power, speed, ease of use, and practical functionality of YCharts. And serious investors understand that YCharts can pay for itself with just one or two targeted investment selections. So here's your chance to take advantage of a free trial and a generous YCharts discount. Start by mentioning InvestTalk when you go to YCharts.com. Get serious, get YCharts.
Do you ever wonder whether your current investment strategy is working as well as it could, as well as it should? Well, if you explore the list of strategic investing programs offered to clients of KPP Financial, and you can do this, by the way, at investtalk.com, you can quickly see what you may be missing. For example, read about disciplined equity or KPP's active 401k program. October is racing by, football weather has arrived in many areas, and the phone lines are open to all now. Justin's here and he's taking your calls. 888-99-CHART. Now tomorrow on Invest Talk, the US GDP has been impressive, but investment is a weak spot according to some economists. That story is tomorrow, and we're, it's going to touch on a ballooning trade deficit, a sliding housing market, and that retreat in business investment. So we're going to touch on that tomorrow. So Steve will get to that. But first, our main talking point today is about the reason why value in small cap stocks have lagged the market, especially over the last decade, right? And the first question most people ask is, what? Does what constitutes a value stock? Well, the typical explanation is that value, the value category contains stocks which whose price to book ratios are below the 30th percentile of New York Stock Exchange listed stocks. Okay, so the 30 percent cheapest stocks within the overall market according to book value. Then there's the small cap category, which are the stocks whose market capitalizations are below the median of all NYSE stocks. So the bottom 50% of stocks based on market cap. Okay. Now, value stocks have handily beaten growth stocks over the long term. That's why us at KPP, we have a value investing bent right strategy. And small cap stocks have beaten large cap stocks. Why? Because... They can. They have more upside to their share prices. They have more upside to their business. Certainly, they're easier for them to go out of business, right? Because they don't have huge revenues compared to the big boys. But over eight decades through, through 2007, right before the financial crisis, value outperformed growth by about two and a half percent per year. And small caps outperform large caps by about 4.6% per year. Okay, so that's the long-term picture. Now, recently, over the last 10 years, growth has beat value by 3.8% per year over the last decade. That's a pretty big divergence. Large caps beat small caps by about 0.8% annualized per year. Smaller gap, but still, over a 10-year period, that 0.8% can add up to a lot. Now, the big question is, what are the odds that value in the future will lag growth? Well, first off, there's always a reversion to the mean hesitation or, or tendency to the market. And I think we're entering that reversion to the mean. Now, study shows that over a five-year investment horizon, the odds of value lagging the market is only about 17, 18 percent. 
It's not that much. I mean, for any five-year period in history, there's a only a one in five chance that growth is going to outperform value. When it comes to small caps, it's about a 30% chance that large caps will outperform small caps over a five-year time horizon. Now, you go out 10 years, it's even worse. Over 10 years, there's only about an 8% chance that value won't outperform and only about a 22% chance that small caps won't outperform. So this tells you that you want to have a value investing bent as well as a small cap investing bent over the long term. Now when money's cheap and growth in the future is discounted at a very low rate and this gets the complexity of discounted cash flows and things like that, that's a time when you find growth outperforming. And that is why you're seeing now the reversal of that, why the tech stocks are struggling, okay? So it's important to know that, understand what history is telling us, even though your recent bias is going to give you a penchant to invest in growth stocks. And I know it's exciting to focus on the companies that are going to disrupt industries and things like that. And that's an easier concept to understand and get behind, right? Numbers and cash flows, yeah, they tend not to be that exciting. You don't go and tell your, your friends, oh, I invested in this company because it's Return on equity is high. Or its free cash flow is robust. That's not exciting. What's exciting is to say, oh, I'm invested in this company that is doing this, that, and to disrupt the world, right? It's going to take over the world. That's the emotion. People like to invest with emotion. But the numbers, the facts, tell you you should be focused on value stocks especially, and have a penchant long-term for smaller companies as opposed to larger ones. Let's go to John in Santa Cruz. He's looking at IRM, Iron Mountain. Yes, hi, Justin. Iron Mountain. I'm wondering hi. if the dividend is safe, if you think it's safe. Well, Iron Mountain, uh, this is a company that provides record management, data protection, information destruction services to over 225,000 corporate clients. They basically go and they shred documents and they, uh, they make sure that information uh, is disposed of securely, right? And it's a, it's a business that seems like it's on the downtrend. Earnings are, are down 10% year over year last quarter, but they've been you know, decently steady. They made $1.21 in 2012, and that's what they're supposed to make next year, 2019. Revenues are up 10% year over year last quarter. Uh, they have a decent amount of debt. That's you know one of the worries uh, of the business. And they yield about 8%, right? They yield about 8%. And if you're looking at the payout ratio of 286% and the cash dividend payout ratio of 195%, I'm going to say, no, this dividend is not secure, especially they have a decent amount of debt. Now, I don't think they're going to go bankrupt, 
but they're absolutely going to be cutting that dividend before anything else. Uh, now, will they cut that dividend to zero? Probably not. Uh, they still have positive free cash flow. Uh, they have good earning, decent earnings. Not huge growth, but you know they're they're hanging in there, and it's a business that, in recession or not, is probably going to be in demand. So, if you're looking at this from a dividend standpoint, no, that dividend is not safe. Is it fairly cheap? I wouldn't say it's cheap either. So. I would not be buying okay. Iron Mountain from uh, an equity standpoint. We, I think we actually own some of their bonds in our balanced income strategy, our stable income strategy, but uh, it's not a name on the equity side that we'd be tying our, ourselves to. I think that dividend is not safe long term. Uh, I think it's going to be cut at some point. All right. Thanks very much. No problem. Thanks for the call. Let's go to Yellen in San Jose. Let's talk about NVIDIA. Oh, hi. Yeah. Um, NVIDIA has been down jobs for about 30%. I think I bought some mm -hmm. at a high price. I just wonder whether right okay. now it's a good time to add them all. Sell! Sell! Another growth name. This is a cyclical sector. It's been hyped up because of gaming and cryptocurrencies, and the value is drastically higher than where, even after it's down 30% from its high. This is what I've been talking about. Growth stocks are not working. They aren't going to be working for the foreseeable future. Okay? I've talked, people kept calling about NVIDIA months ago. I said, don't by NVIDIA, the chip names, AMD, NVIDIA, all these stories about the, the, you know these chip stocks that are taking over the world. No, it's a cyclical business, extremely cyclical. It's one of the most cyclical businesses out there. NVIDIA is headed lower. I would say it's going below $100 a share, maybe even lower. This is extremely cyclical. Sell it, get out, short the hell out of a lot of these chip names, okay? So N NVIDIA, Avoid it like the plague. Now, could we get a bounce? Could it bounce to two, back to 200, 220, 230? Sure. But this is not a name in this environment you want to be investing in. You want to be selling it and probably selling it short. How about the, how about the Amazon in, uh, uh, in your mind? So, no, Amazon, well, same thing. This one I'm talking about, everyone. And every, the stories, the, the growth stocks, the tech stocks. It's not going to work. It's not working. This is the start of it. Look for companies that have good earnings and cash flows and dividends in relation to the value in the market. Enterprise valued EBITDA is under 10. Positive cash flows. Okay? Not PEs in the 90s. Companies with low debts that aren't cyclical. These are the names that are going to work. Not the NVIDIAs of the world. Not the Amazons of the world. Especially not the Facebooks of the world. I know it's easy to talk about these names. And it's easy to look up their ticker symbols. You heard of them. You don't need to do a lot of research. You know what they do. But guess what? 
The gains are well behind us. The reversion to the mean has started. And you need to adjust your expectations, your portfolios, and number one, the focus of your research. Thanks for the call. I'm Justin Klein, and I'm excited. And the excitement is building. And Steve and I have a powerful new way for you to sharpen your investing skills. It is called Invest Talk Academy. It is our first online class membership that begins on November 1st. That's this Thursday. Now, we realize that a good many of you want a greater degree of hands-on guidance. You know, we have callers that call in, ask about a stock, quick overview, understanding of that one position, right? So our time is limited. But the goal of Invest Talk Academy, though, is going to be mentorship each week. So it's going to be a fantastic experience for those who do sign up. We plan on hosting the Invest Talk Academy online classes each week. So we're going to do a full analysis of the market to start. We're going to do a Q&A after that so you understand what's going on in the market, what are the risks and rewards that are out there, the opportunities. Then we're going to get into a teaching session. Right, the, the one on Thursday is going to be on risk management. How do you hedge a portfolio? How to uh, stay invested but reduce the overall risk in your portfolio? How to create stop losses? Things like that. That's what's going to be Thursday. And then the next Thursday, it's going to be could be something completely different. Maybe it's about technical analysis, or maybe it's going to be about uh, fundamental analysis. How to recognize a brand and value a brand? Things like that. There's going to be a constant learning experience every single week and a little more in-depth and where you can ask questions. Q&A time. Going to go back and forth. And make sure you cl we clarify things for you. And hopefully create teaching moments that we think are going to be important. Now we will feature a broad range of different topics. And since you can ask questions, it's really a hands-on, one-on-one lesson. So once again, Invest Talk Academy begins November 1st, this Thursday. So to get the lowest price, however, you have to sign up by Halloween, end of Halloween, end of this month, just a couple days away. So you can learn more and sign up now at investtalkacademy.com. All right, now the phone lines are open and we're taking your calls at 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, made possible by KPP Financial, where they are committed to reason and common sense guidance. That can help make you a better investor. And this philosophy is implemented for KPP clients and across all platforms broadcast radio, live streaming, podcast replays, plus the KPP Premium newsletter, the upcoming Wealth Webinar, and the exciting new Invest Talk Academy. Principals Steve Peasley and Justin Klein have over 60 years of combined experience in portfolio and money management. You can reach out to Steve or Justin by calling their Dana Point, California KPP Financial Office or sending a message through investtalk.com. The Invest Talk radio and podcast continues now. The phone lines are open. Call with questions. 888-99-CHART. 
Now, here's a quick reminder. Tell your friends about our upcoming free online webinar. It is tomorrow night, 6.30 p.m. Pacific time. Also, Steve will be returning to San Jose on November 7th for no-cost portfolio reviews. You can register for both events at investtalk.com. But for now, we've got about 10 minutes left in today's program. So if you're going to call, you need to do it right now. Let's talk about your finance investments at 888-99-CHART. Best talk, U.S. GDP is impressive, but investment is a weak spot. That's according to some economists. And that story tomorrow. But now, Justin's here, he's ready with answers, and he's waiting for your calls. 888-99-CHART. Hey, Stephen Justin, this is John from Michigan. Hey, I'm calling because I am looking to start a small position in Whirlpool, W-H-R, it's got a ton of debt is one of my concerns. I just want to have you take a look at it, see if you think this is a good entry point, and uh, you know, if you think the dividend's secure and, and they got enough cash flow to cover the debt. It looks like it to me. I'd like to get a second opinion and uh, see what you think of that in general. It really looks pretty beat up, and uh, I don't think it's going out of business, so it uh, might be a good time to pick it up. Let me know. Thanks. Well, I think you started off with your answer. They have a ton of debt, and this is an environment where you don't want to be holding companies with a lot of debt that are also cyclical. And what is more cyclical than appliances? And I think Whirlpool, everyone knows who Whirlpool is. This is a company with a $6.5 billion market cap, but their enterprise value is over almost $14 billion, meaning they have about $7 billion in debt. Enterprise value to EBITDA is 15, so it's not cheap from that perspective. And the return on equities, negative. Return on assets, negative. They're having problems, uh, I'm sure, with the trade war, and they produce a lot of their uh, products over in China. And their dividends, 4.4%, based on their cash flow, uh, being free cash flow is negative 167 million. Payout ratio uh, looks weak. Cash dividend payout ratio is extremely high, 800%, meaning they just don't have the cash flow to finance or keep paying that dividend without adding on debt. And I would just simply not be owning this name. Uh, you know, it's enterprise value to EBITDA is 15. Let's see long term. I want to look long term. What was the bottom, right? What was the cheapest this has ever traded from an enterprise value to EBITDA standpoint? And then I could tell you uh, from a long-term perspective whether that looks cheap or that looks expensive. And I'm telling you, this bottom somewhere in the neighborhood of, geez, five times EBITDA? Four? Oh, my God. That's where it's cheap. Three, four? It's at 15. That means this can go down 60% and still not be cheap from enterprise value to EBITDA standpoint, and that's if EBITDA stays where it's at. Then you're probably asked, what's EBITDA? Earnings before interest, tax, depreciation, amortization. Okay. If you don't know what that is, you probably should sign up for Talk Academy because you need to learn a lot. All right. Now, Whirlpool, it was trading back in 2015 at a high of around $214 a share. Now it's 104 so it's down over 50% from then. 
and it looks like it's going to continue lower. I think this heads back down below 75. I think this retraces back to the, this could go to the teens. I would not touch Whirlpool here. Here, I would stay away from it. It's cyclical. It has a lot of debt. It has the China uh, tariff issue. This is a toxic name and the exact opposite of the type of name you want to be holding in this environment. So do not buy Whirlpool here. 888 chart, 888-992-4278. Let's talk a little about cannabis stocks. There was a move by the NYC to delist a company, IGC. They suspended their trading immediately and they started the delisting process. Now the move, big move in this name started when the company announced the plan for a line of CBD infused drinks that contain cannabinoids and ingredients in cannabis that are said to have health benefits. But if you go back and review the company's history, there are a lot of red flags and often this company makes exaggerated claims about what their operations are going to do. And they change what their focus of the business is all the time to try to ride the wave of a trend, right? For example, the company IGC started back in 2005 as a blank check company. That's always a red flag there. And in 2013, they claim that they are working on treatments for Alzheimer's and Parkinson's, even though they never invested in any of that, according to the Food and Drug Administration. And then they talked about blockchain, right? Uh, and that was their, their business. And the stock went from, I think it was 2 to 13 in a matter of a couple weeks because of this cannabis announcement. And this just shows you that you have to do, do, do your due diligence. Don't just chase the story. Understand how to analyze companies. If you don't, you should probably sign up to be an Invest Talk Academy member. I'm Justin Klein, and this completes another Invest Talk program. And I thank you for your loyal support and questions. Attention, podcast listeners, you'll be learning much more about YCharts, the maker of the software that Steve and I use for serious data research, filtering, and charting. And in fact, we use YCharts every day. Thanks for listening. Good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461.